Hey, New Life family, welcome to the weekly podcast. We want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening. We hope this message encourages you and helps you in some way today move forward in your relationship with Christ and others. We pray God blesses you wherever you are today. Now enjoy the message. Okay, so I actually practice this um, because I don't like to be in front of people speaking. Um, There's a lot of things that the Lord gives me, but it's not always voiced out. So um, I practice kind of like a one-liner just to help me relax, but uh, I have like five pages of notes. So uh, I just wanted to share on Mother's Day uh, just to be gracious, sorry, to Pastor Mika because I understand a little bit. So when she says she has so many notes, we can probably believe her. So um, I'm just going to pray really quick. God, I just thank you so much just for this opportunity. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And I know the things that you have instilled in my life and in my heart and for new life. So I just pray, God, that the things that you have put into my heart, that you would use my mouth to articulate exactly what you want to be said. And I pray, God, just for your anointing, because it's not about me, but it's everything about you, God. And I just thank you for who you are, and I thank you for this day. I thank you for women, and I thank you for mothers, God, because you have given us a voice, and you don't want us to keep our mouths silenced, but you have rooted and grounded us in you, Jesus. And even like the woman that you came at the well, God, you do not discriminate, God, and you see us as worthy and chosen. So I give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Okay, so I'm going to start in um, Jeremiah 38. And uh, I actually chose this because whenever Pastor um, messaged us, uh, she gave us a little description, and I was like, that's not in my Bible. Like, I've never read that, and I don't know what a cistern is. So I chose that. <laughs> um, and it's actually in my Bible. <laughs> it's in Jeremiah 38. So I'm going to start with this. And um, I just pray the Lord just uh, gives me the right words to say and that it all just comes together. So Jeremiah 38, 2 through 6. And I actually skipped the first verse because I'm not a Bible scholar like Pastor Mika yet. So There was a lot of words I could not pronounce. So we're starting with verse 2. Okay, this is what the Lord says. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life. They will live. The Lord also says, the city of Jerusalem will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, who will capture it. So these officials went to the king and said, sir, this man must die, talking about Jeremiah. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few fighting men we have left, as well as that of the people. This man is a traitor. 
King Zedekiah agreed. All right, he said, do as you like. I can't stop you. So the officials took Jeremiah from his cell and lowered him by ropes into the empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to, forgive me, Malachijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down into it. Okay, so first... I actually had um, to look up that word because I really have never, I had never heard of that. So a cistern is actually a reservoir used to supplement an area's water supply by collecting rainfall. Cisterns and open reservoirs um, were then sometimes the only source of water. The need for cisterns became prominent when there were seasons of drought, when there were, would be no rain, and the people within that proximity would then go to the cistern for the water supply. So here, here's what was going on. Um, in the beginning, and I'll just start with uh, Jeremiah 2.13. So the beginning of Jeremiah, the Lord is speaking to him, and he says, For my people have done two evil things. One, they have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. So Jeremiah, we know he's a prophet. He was called by God. He had to live a life surrendered to God so he can be the mouthpiece for God. So God was using him as that example to basically his bride is out there worshiping other idols, speaking and trusting false prophets. They care about what the culture is saying to them over this man of God that is anointed and appointed to speak his word, but they were refusing to listen. So God wanted to use Jeremiah because he was called of God to be like God, and to live a life surrendered to God. His call was to demonstrate the goodness of God, even though these things were going to come to pass, the war, famine, and disease. Jeremiah knew what it meant to remain connected to the source that would never run dry, the source that would never leave him or forsake him, and the source that would heal him and pour out his faithfulness to him. That is because he remained connected to the source and he trusted him. But the nation, and um, I believe it speaks specifically um, in this about uh, the tribe of Judah, they lived a life filled with the worship of idols. Their source was false prophets. They cared about the ideology of what people would say and not what God would say. In the whole book of Jeremiah, and this is why he uses prophets, is because he wants to rescue his bride. He does not want us to remain in sin. He does not want us to live in guilt. He doesn't want us broken. 
And that's why he used the example of the broken cistern to these people to give an outward demonstration of who God is and what he represents. And then the opposite of who God is when you're not being obedient to him. And so uh, I was looking in um, just the commentary uh, when I was talking about... I, what they, about abandoning the fountain of water, and then um, they have dug uh, cracked cisterns for themselves and have no water at all. So it says, such folly or sin had not been seen in any culture. That is the folly of people forsaking living water, which only God can supply for cisterns that leak. The ability to make cisterns watertight by the use of plaster, enable the Israelites to settle where no natural water supply was available. The two evil things are those forsaking and then abandoning God. So God gives us this uh, demonstration to Jeremiah. And in Jer Jeremiah chapter 17, he's distinguishing the difference. Not only for Jeremiah, but the Lord has written his word no matter if it's the Old Testament or New Testament, for us to be able to take it in for ourselves. And let's say because Jeremiah was the one that God sent, we as a bride are the ones that God wants to send. The message of the word, the example of God, is not just for pastors. It's not just for the prophet. It's for the bride of Christ. And Jeremiah was that example. So in Jeremiah 17... Uh, five and six. This is what the Lord says for those who have abandoned him. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They live in the barren wilderness in, a, in an inhabited salty land. This is what it looks like when we aren't trusting and relying on Christ as our source. He is the living water. He is the bread of life. He never runs dry. He never abandons us. He never forsakes us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I have given you a plan, a future, and a hope. But if you stay connected to the source, in verses 7 and 8, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that read deep into a water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I don't know about you, but my walk with Christ has not been easy. And the reason why it's not easy is because we are these trees that are by the river bank. It even says it in Psalms 1.1. You will never be without as long as you're connected to Christ. But there's a process. And this is what the Lord was trying to demonstrate. And he was also... 
he was also just getting Jeremiah's heart right with him to prepare him for what was to come. And you can see that I'm not going to read it, but in Jeremiah 17, 12 through 8, they're having this dialect. And one of the things that Jeremiah said, oh, Lord, if you heal me, I will be healed. If you save me, I will be saved. My praises are for you alone. But then he says, but people are saying all this stuff about me. They, they don't believe me. And later on, he ends up in prison. And because he was connected to the source, because he continued in his faith walk with Christ, clinging to him despite what was being said, despite the circumstances, despite the brokenness that he might have gone through because he was alone. He didn't have friends and family to gather with. He didn't have people. And I had to go through this myself where just kind of being away from people. And whenever the Lord put me in that position, I realized that I was just like, my first response was like, oh, what would the pastor say in this situation? How can I have the pastors pray for me? But that's not what it's about. It's about a personal relationship with Christ. It's about having an intimacy so deep with Jesus that your faith walk stays. It remains decades after decades. It doesn't matter if there's a drought. It doesn't matter, you know, what people say. Because at the end, God has the final say over my life. He has a final say over your life. And he was telling them these people were believing in humans and not in Jesus. And as a body of Christ, we can't do that because humans, we have flesh. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest pastor in the world or the greatest prophet. We have flesh. We can't depend on how people are and how they treat us. So after he was, um, after he was put in prison... The king secretly took him out, spoke to him privately because the king was fearful. Then he said, you can come out, and guess what? You're going to stay in prison in the palace, which I think if I was in jail, I'd probably want to be in a palace. Because I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's not clean. It's not fun. We can talk about that a different time. But then he says, I will feed you fresh bread every single day was he doing that for anybody else who was not connected to Christ he was not then as I read in Jeremiah 38 um, he was thrown back and this time it was worse this time the cistern that was meant to hold water now became this dirty nasty place that if he was not attached to the source praying and seeking God daily trusting in every word that the bible brings him brings us he would have never gotten out and it was so crazy that i chose this because um i actually Remember, even posting this and just declaring just several years ago when I was first saved, um, this scripture, and it's in Psalm, it's in Psalm 40, um, 1 and 4, and it says this, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair 
Out of the mud in the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many see that he has, what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. I think sometimes as we're walking along, and I'll finish with this, that we can become numb because we've had to walk through things and go through things in our Christian walk. And so it is, it is so exciting. Honestly, if I could just be saved over and over and over again and just feel just that satisfying just life-giving spirit that I'm no longer dead. I'm alive. He pulled me out of the pit. I was so desperate, seeking so many things apart from Christ, trying to cling to it and find it, and I could never find it. I would have, and honestly, in my personal life, apart from Christ, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would be here, but the thing is, he waited for me. He waited patiently for me. And so my passion in my heart is just for people to keep going. It's not this pretty bow that you put on a package. It's a real deal. God's a real deal. He is the living water, the source that never runs dry. So it doesn't matter how broken or how desperate you are to feel his presence. As long as you hold on to the word of God, you won't stay in the pit. You won't stay dry. You won't lose your joy. It doesn't mean you are jumping around in church or at home being happy. That's not what it's about, but it's this deep-rooted thing that you know that you know that Jesus is the source of life, the life-giving fountain that never runs dry, and I have a hope, I have a plan, and I have a purpose, and God has a purpose for all of us. Amen.